0: and we're back for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please, 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 please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts It really helps our show and also brings us out more fans, more listeners, more NBA aficionados, whatever it is, as far as whoever is out there that wants to hear more great NBA podcasts. You know what? They get a better idea of what it's all about by listening to us right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. And if you do that or subscribe, follow, like, whatever you can do to support the show, it is truly appreciated. I've got a great show lined up for today because we're in a bubble. The Lakers are there right now in Orlando and we're going to have our own bubble right here on the show today to just like simulate what they're doing right now in the Orlando area right now at Disney's Wide World of Sports and and just everybody's down there, the NBA, the Lakers are practicing as we speak. They just started the other day. And I'll tell you what, we're all excited because the scrimmages are coming around the corner in less than 10 days when you hear this. So I'll tell you what, it's going to be a great time we're going to have today. We're going to talk about a lot of different things. But I have not one, but two great guests here with me today. They are from the awesome site, if you're a Lakers fan, that you got to go and give a try today. Please, if you can, be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. Go ahead right now. You'll see all the great columns. You'll see the great stuff from us we do here at Lakers Fast Break and so much more right there at the Lakerholics.net page. And the guy who runs it, my regular guest each week here, I know him as Tom Wong, but you know him as Laker Tom. Laker Tom, great to have you on the program today. Great to be here, Gerald. And on top of that, I've got another mainstay of Lakerholics.net. It's Jamie Sweet. And Jamie, I cannot thank you enough for being part of the program as well. And welcome to the Lakers Fast Break.
1: Thanks, Gerald. Glad to
0: be here. Uh I was so excited Lakers basketball is right around the corner. As I was saying, I was on the Couch Coach live show recently and I was just saying it's just, it's almost there. You can almost reach out and grab it. You can touch it. You can almost feel it. On the season's here. And I'm just so looking forward to it. The Lakers are gearing up right now. I'm hoping everything's still okay. I know that there were some glitches in some testing with Dwight Howard and Danny Green which got me a little nervous. But I've not heard or seen anything yet on Twitter, so I'm I'm thankful of that. But it is looking like that the Lakers are going to go ahead and gear up for battle coming up very soon. I'm very excited. Jamie, I want to hear your thoughts first on your excitement now that the Lakers and the NBA is right around the corner.
1: It is right around the corner uh i mean it's it's like you said it's just it's you know it's it's just out of reach. it's like that buzzcock song uh it feels so real, I can see it, it seems so real, I can taste it, but why can't I touch it? It's like right there, right there. I'm hopeful that there's nothing that's gonna you know derail it at this point um and I think that you know one of the one of the exciting things you know it's been a roller coaster of life for everyone, i think, and one of the exciting things about this is that even though it won't be the normal n b a The idea of watching basketball was a very kind of normal thing, right? But now there's this big excitement about it, more so than even like a preseason or or almost a playoffs because this is something that really hasn't ever been done ever.
0: No, there's nothing like it. Nothing has ever been close to this.
1: Nah. So there's that also sort of level of spectacle, I guess, that goes along with it. I find that almost as interesting as the games themselves. Like, what will the society be like in there? You know, there's this ESPN article that came out today about the six barbers who are going into the bubble, who are going to be like the professional stylists of each NBA player. And I'm just curious to see, like, you know, you, you just know that there's going to be like some 30 for 30s down the line. Uh, some books. other probably docuseries. Right. You know, whole, of course, books personal docuseries what have you however however this like filters out into society from this moment but you know it's the first professional sport coming back which is exciting you know compared to baseball which seemed like they couldn't wait to hack each other apart over an agreement that they made in march and everybody should just sucked it up and been like you know what bad deal but let's just move forward but again you know owners have a funny way of counting pennies when (laughs) when it comes down to it and then the players were also stubborn in their own way but like you know, I feel like the NBA did a great job of coming together, pushing the season forward, coming, finding a bridge between differences and, and closing the gap. And They're going to do it. You know, I think it'll take ex- extreme circumstances to do Rio at this point.
0: No wonder this man is part of the conglomerate known as Lakerholics. No wonder he's a major voice behind it. Laker Tom, you've done it again.
2: Ha! Thanks. Hey, Jamie. Jamie is the uh, blog editor for Lakerholics and He's the guy. He's the guy who's out there driving conversations. You can't slide anything by without him making a comment. He, he's, he's just one of the mainstays that that keeps the conversation going. And I agree 100 percent with everything that Jamie said here because it's it, it, I am so tired of youtubing old games and and, uh, and uh, just you know the same old article. And now guys are even repeating the same trades with slight variations. And the week hasn't even gone by since I last posted the first version of the same trade. So uh, all of a sudden now we're gonna we're gonna get some new stuff to go, some real things to talk about without having to imagine and, and create all of this stuff. I'm a big fan of the bubble, and I think actually that we may see a lot more of the bubble going forward in all sports. that um, there's it's something that at first I thought it was a joke that you would be considering it. Well, I don't know when it comes to, hold on,
0: Laker, Tom. I don't know. When you see the price tag for this. (laughs) When you see (laughs) the
2: profits that come in from the revenues. Yeah. That's the flip side of it. $150 million for for the uh, Orlando bubble is cheap when you compare. The NBA says that 40% of their total revenue of like $8.4 billion comes from games. And that, you got to figure that there's another 40% that probably comes from the TV contracts
0: and you were right so, I'm, i gotta give you this you were right some of the teams actually did ship in their their courts for the practice card i just really just <laughs> that, that just blows my mind i said it on the show with you that they would be crazy to do that and some teams did and uh, just it's, it's the
1: luck of the floor man it's the home floor it's literally yep. the home floor it's like the, the old boston garden parquet but
2: Hopefully better. They switch better. that stuff out between the hockey floors and, you know, and I mean, changes, they got that the whole system, man. That's like a construction project that's been repeated over and over.
0: And I understand that helps. I
2: gonna...
0: Well, I was just going to say, I understand it helps the companies involved that are transporting it. And it's great that they get that mm-hmm. revenue. But are you sure that's money, well spent? Man, sure that's money well spent? Are you sure that's money well spent? Donate it to jobs, great causes. Right? It's jobs for it's those jobs. individuals. You're right. You're right. But, come on is that money truly well spent
1: it is a frivolous cost i will admit to that but i mean we're also talking about a sport that's imported for better or worse you know six professional stylists you know like there's there's if we're going to get into frivolous costs we can you know really get down into it but i think in the term of like i think it not only does it provide jobs but you know for the players who are playing under unprecedented again circumstances it's a slight hint of familiarity and for the teams that can afford to do it that's why you're a big market team right like that's why you pay, chip into the luxury tax every year and bail out the charlottes and the memphises and the and that's why you, you go, hey you know you don't want to do it we're going to do it like you can you deal with it man like you can have the nba bubble court standard logo whatever that's going to be you know like we're going to have our liquor home court or whoever i don't know who did it that would be an interesting list to see if we have that
2: the familiarity thing i think is an important part of it it's just first off this is a game that's going to be watched by millions of people i mean I've, i've had this argument with gerald a couple of weeks ago that i think that the lakers and clippers game is going to have the biggest tv rating of any regular season nba game just because of that matchup and the fact that we're all so desperate to watch nba basketball i even offered to eat the podcast if if that game wasn't the highest rated thing, so he's holding me to that. I am. But um, the other thing about the bubble I think that everybody has to remember is it starts off as this twenty two two twenty two team bubble. Two weeks later it's down to sixteen. Two more weeks it's down to eight. Two more weeks it's down to four, then the two. So if you get past that first month and we get it down to eight, chances are we're we're gonna be home free because those eight teams are gonna be really disciplined. It's it's the guys on the sixteen to twenty-two teams that I'm worried about the first two weeks of breaking protocol and breaking the bubble. You listen to the death count and the and the number of infected uh, COVID-19 patients in Florida. It's scary in Florida they, specifically. They just they just broke a record today, you know, no, and they, no, they break tough. a record every day. So we just hope that we can get through this thing. And 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 the great part about it, I think, is that and I've read several articles about this, that everybody in the public health sector is really watching what's happening here because there's a lot of lessons to be learned about how to put crowds together, how to run a bubble and and how to protect it. And the way that things are looking with this virus, we may be in this bubble conscious society for a lot longer than we really expect. The potential's there, but I also would say
1: that uh, on top of all of that, that you have an opportunity to redefine what a sport broadcast is, I think yeah. that in a lot of ways, all of the things that you used to do in gate, like you won't have a sideline. I can't imagine you'll have a sideline reporter, for instance, right? Like who's he gonna talk to, or what? You know, what's he gonna? <laughs> it's gonna be kind of a weird environment, right? You're not gonna want to have people down on the court. You're not gonna have so there's gonna be these new segments that come out of it. But on top of that, I think you're gonna start to see a desire for there to be an alternative broadcast that is maybe just the players mic'd up or maybe like, a, you know, a combination of like, you know, players mic'd up and people, uh, you know, commenting, color color commentary.
2: You're not safe uh, for work broadcast.
1: <laughs> but I'll bet there will be a demand for that because that's a way that they're gonna be able to make up for lost gate revenue. If you can sell a subscription to two different types of a broadcast as opposed to just one, now you're looking at two revenue streams for your, for your For the basketball product where before it was just one now how that would go with the tv deal that's that's a whole other topic of discussion but i think that the 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 novelty and the kind of creativeness i mean it's it's been kind of cool to see how like the nba concept has kind of gotten i won't say like endorsed but kind of rubber stamped by like medical professionals economic professionals almost everybody's kind of like this is a cool idea, right? Like, is it perfect? Of course not. But, like, there's there's nothing perfect in society anyway, so let's not get all bent out of shape about that. But what I love about it is the potential of just coming up with different ways of seeing the game uh, on, in
2: a televised medium. you got to believe that these guys have been running a lot of mock broadcasts just to see what it is with various groups, almost like they test election ideas and so forth. They've got to be really th- playing with that because they, they did that thing in 2018 that was real dud where they, they thought it'd be great to hear the ball bouncing and the sneakers squeaking and so forth. And everybody hated it, you know, no music. So there's, I'm sure that the, uh, the networks are playing with this like you've never seen anything before as far as trying to find that right formula. And I think in a sense that one of the reason that the ratings had gone down last year besides the China thing and everything before we even ran into the pandemic is that it? The NBA broadcast has started to get a little jaded. You know, they started to be repeated over and over, and the quality of the matchups, especially the ones that they had to decide ahead of time. You know, when yeah. Diane got hurt, and you're watching the right. Pelicans struggle, and there's a lot of there's a lot of things that just sort of became boring. You know, and a lot of people were fast forwarding. It reminded me back when people used to say, "You only have to watch the last two minutes of the NBA game or the fourth quarter." <laughs> you know. And a lot of people were doing that or or they were you know because of the availability of streaming and so forth and recording it people were watching it late i'd, I'd communicate with friends of mine and immediately tell me don't say anything about the game i got it on right. tape you know i'm gonna watch it tomorrow morning or later tonight right. so you know
1: that i say you're gonna miss the first 73 points if you don't watch the full 48 yep.
2: minutes man so you know, it's just like the NBA All-Star game. It showed that you don't even need the first three quarters. All you need you is that see, quarter. You didn't great. get to
1: watch all 81. You didn't get to watch all 81.
2: You only saw you know, the last Some movie. movies are like that, too. So, you know, it, right. it's a new yeah. way of life. Yeah. No, I, the, I new like norm, the new normal in the games, you're right, Jamie, is going to be fascinating.
1: There won't be any in-house music. There won't be any like, dan dan Or it will be weird if there is. Well, right? if maybe there's, there will
2: be. They're, but they're but you still get the crowd noise <laughs> from UK... From NBA 2K. Right. That actually might be a how's model. Right? How's that going to look with empty stands? I they're going to have maybe a different TV, different camera angles to try to make sure you're not looking at, you know, you don't want it to look like Trump's Omaha, you know, convention. Well, you just,
1: I mean, either you're going to put like messaging on the stands of some sort, right? Like that was an idea I had floated when, when the players in the NBA were going back and forth. Cardboard
2: about, cutout, cutout fans.
1: totally (laughs) no no no, not cardboard cutouts like you could use this you could use the seating area as like a as a surface to which you could add like social messaging or what you'll probably see is a lot of stats overlaid on the game like kind of like a heads-up display console potentially where you'll see a little bit more stat Work up in the corners. I mean, it's it's going to be very interesting, right? Maybe you'll see two heads of like the broadcasters talking at you, like some sort of weird Wizard of Oz, like pay no attention to the game going on below you. Like I don't know, right? It's
2: going to be really weird. How about so, how about giant big screens surrounding the entire arena, where you could put the crowds in via the giant screens? That would be very that would much be good part good. of the future of the league. It if we don't be. have, I mean, we don't have live people watching games.
1: Or what if you had a screen that would link to a person's zoom so that they could be at the game in their seat? <laughs> cheering from their seat, but it's just a social Socially, uh, social distancing
2: for the uh, NBA. Um, um, no. I hope it's to be driving a, girl crazy, I could tell.
0: <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. To be- Tom, you're at it again, my friend. you're at it again. Crazy Tom is at it again
1: This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break.
0: Hey, everyone. It's Gerald from the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Just want to give you a heads up on what's coming up over the next couple of weeks right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. A ton of great guests. So please, if you don't follow us yet or subscribe, please do so wherever you get your podcast. because there's a great lineup of guests I have coming along the way. Of course, we're going to have Rafael Barlow from the NBA Draft Junkies, always on our show. Tom Wong from LakerHolics.net, also regular, and cannot thank both of them enough for being on our show. But we're going to have a lineup of guests for you if you haven't seen already on our Facebook page. Got a lot of great guests on the way. Check it out NBA odds maker, Rafael Esparza from Las Vegas. Got Melvin Washington III, also from Las Vegas. He's got a great show that happens every Friday on the Talk to Me Sports Radio Network on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Got Craig James coming up from the Final Score podcast on the Podcast City Network. Corey Harrison's also going to be on the show coming up from the Out of Bounds Sports Podcast. Got Matt Maderno from the Believe in Wizards podcast. Eric Sklar from KFI AM 640 and the TSK Show podcast. He's scheduled to come on the show as well. Got big baby Jonathan Soffel from the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast. Got to check out his awesome show. He's coming up on the program here, coming up in the very near future. Michael from the RTF Sports Network. Got to check out his awesome sports network that we are a part of each and every week right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Got to check out Michael's great stuff that he's doing there. Chris Jose LeBron, the Off the Ball Podcast host, he's going to stop by the program. J.B. Ellis from The Program Podcast. He's also going to come by, share his thoughts on the NBA scene. Cole Johnson from Cole Sports, Snowman Digital Media, and the Get Over Divorce programs. He's going to come by on the show. And Fago White Franklin III from Fox Sports 1340 AM. Hopewell, he's going to come on and share his NBA thoughts as well. I'm looking forward to it. It's a great lineup of guests. I've recorded some already. I've got many more on the way. And of course, that doesn't even include our NBA mock draft that's also coming right here, number 2.0, with a ton of great draft insiders that's also coming up. All these great shows, you can check it out right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Once again, I'm talking to Jamie Sweet and Laker Tom from Lakerholics.net. Be part of the conversation today, because you see these guys, they've been conversating a lot, and they do the same thing on their site Lakerholics.net, plus quite a few people as well also share their comments regularly. They share their posts or thoughts or feelings on the Lakers and the NBA. So you gotta check it out today at Lakerholics.net. When it comes to the bubble itself, there's so many variables now. Like both you and, and Jamie mentioned it, and it's also been mentioned on my other podcasts. I've had so many recent podcasts, and I'm gonna have so many more lined up with so many great guests. And and we're all wondering could there be a scenario where the coronavirus comes into play or some injuries come into play? Because there's just so many variables in play when it comes to the bubble. Are you guys concerned about the coronavirus still wreaking havoc upon the NBA season or a major injury bug, you know, let's say, pulled hamstrings, groins, or anything else that could possibly happen because the players have been out so long? Jamie, I'll, I'll start with you.
1: Uh, definitely, yeah. I think that the news recently that, you know, there's there's doctors are finding that there's links to like cardiac issues after people have the coronavirus and that being such a high, consistently high activity sport, I think, you know, that's something that I'm sure that the medical teams and the team professionals and everybody that's associated with the NBA and the teams will be on the lookout for that. But, you know, as a, as a morbid morbidly curious question, it's, I feel like if somebody were to have a heart attack in a game or like a heart attack as a result of you know, having had COVID at one point, testing positive, coming into the bubble, playing in the games, having a, 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 an issue of some sort, I think that sort of thing might be enough to derail it. I think that a huge spike would be enough to derail it, or superstar players all getting it and missing games might might be enough to derail it. Like, if there's nobody worth watching, who's going to tune in to watch Sheik Lam versus... <laughs> Villain,
0: but you know well, I, well i'll just say this that uh, i mean you guys are familiar with with los angeles sports like i am and, and being raised for the first 25 years of my life in southern california i had a great uh, uh love uh, and appreciation for the Loyola marymount lions in their their very short period of time when they were a, a national power and they were running gun it was really fun and exciting and it was all led by Hank Gathers, the late Hank Gathers. And to see right. him collapse on the court like like right. many people did, like I did, and to see that happen was truly a tragic sign. And that's something that stopped the play right there. And, you, you know, we stopped the, the conference tournament and the, the Lions were still able to go to the NCAAs, but it was just it was just so devastating for the team uh, huh. emotionally. And it, it gave them that inspiration to drive farther than maybe they could have without him, but still... If something like that happens, in the NBA because of something related to COVID, uh, you know, let say that it happens to Bron or AD or a, a Philadelphia 76 Sixer or, uh, you know, anybody, anybody, uh, anybody. What so happens uh, to
2: a Laker? They're not going to do anything. You know that. If it happens <laughs> to somebody else, they might cancel the whole thing just to just to prevent yeah. the Lakers from winning. It no, happens I, to a Celtic I, national holiday.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I just think that it's going to. If that happens to anyone, there's going to be such a backlash. Okay that I think they would shut it down entirely.
2: Tom, well, I think the I think the injury thing is a is a serious concern because these guys aren't going to be in regular basketball shape when the playoffs start. And you know LeBron's not going to lighten up, AD's not going to lighten up, Kawhi's not going to slow down. So you're going to have guys not in not in tip-top shake and somebody's somebody's going to get injured. You know, um I think that that's probably something that's going to happen. And there's going to be a, I mean, there's a percentage that you just have to expect is going to happen. Players getting tested positive. um, I'm not really so worried about that, even with the bubble outside, simply because, as I said earlier, the diminishing number of players that are going to be in the bubble as it moves along, it'd have to be Mm -hmm. something that happen early in the bubble in order to cause that. And when you look at the stats for these players, even during the end of the season when COVID was running through various teams, rosters and so forth, there was never more than two or three players that were getting it. And, and generally, mostly players that were on the outskirts, although some some of the players have had it. Now, I think Jamie brought a good point about the, especially the lung problems that some people are having as an aftermath of having COVID and their wind and, and so forth. So the guys, a couple of stars have had it and some of the players who've had it may have lingering aspects of of the disease. And we may see, you know, I mean, I know that, that uh, Coach Vogel has talked about playing a lot of people, which is the total right. opposite of what everybody thinks about once you hit into the playoffs. It's, it's narrow the rotation and, you know, and pulling up the minutes and LeBron's going to play 40 and AD's going to play 40. They may look to be careful of that because of the conditioning, but... You know, it's 90-10, 90-10 that we get through it without anything tragic happening that derails it.
0: Jamie, I know you had something you wanted to interject in.
2: Well, I was just going to ask both of you, what kind of, I mean, like load
1: management was a big hot topic prior to the beginning of the season with Kawhi Leonard Mm -hmm. and, you know, fine and all that stuff. Do you think we'll see some sort of, I mean, even though it's a very condensed season, even though there's not a lot of time to load manage, do you think we'll still see like a lot of load management, do not play, or kind of how frequently which is more like we'll play a lot of people all the time, almost like it's kind of preseason-y to keep minutes down without having to miss too many games. Although AD missed, you know, his no, share of games. LeBron missed, I think two games, maybe right. three. Yeah. Well,
2: I injuries, think injuries, oh, so, injuries are going to, I think the worry about injuries are going to make people not want to, yeah, injuries happen when people are tired, guys are tired. Everybody right. had proven that. So you just don't want your guys to get tired because that's when you pull a hamstring, tear an Achilles and, and something like that. So I think that they're, they're going to be and, and and you're playing because you don't have the travel involved. You're playing to play a more a closer, tighter schedule of games, back to back and so forth, which you'd never have in the playoffs before. So I think there is going to be some load management. I'd love to see some load management like the Clippers going home early and the Bucks going home early. You know, that, that's the kind of load management I'm for. But uh, you no, know, we're not going to. You know, I, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that we do our typical load management that the Lakers have deployed, which is to blow people out so LeBron and AD can rest in the fourth quarter. Well, That's three, what four, I really want to see all the way through this.
0: If the Lakers clinch their their conference, which they would only have to do really if they they could realistically do if, if their first two, three, four games, like you said then it makes it a lot easier to go ahead and say, you know what? We're going to cut down their minutes. We're going to, they're, yeah. they're probably still want to play. play a hard
2: first quarter and then yeah, hard first it. half. And
0: yeah. And then, or, cool. or AD might, you want to send him out because he, he attracts those injuries, even though he says hundred percent healthy. Now right. he attracts those little injuries. A lot. We got a little yeah. new guys to see what they can do. But I, see I, I expect the Clippers to good. do it, especially if the Clippers decide, you know, if the Clippers don't make, the number one seed early on, I think that sets the future for the Clippers. On they won't care if they're number two or three,
2: because right. there is right. no home a in away. Well, they so, might just go load management then, because they don't yeah. want it because they accomplished right. everything that they want to, to do in the in the in the seeding games as they call them.
1: But that's what yeah. I'm saying. Now the seeding game is going
0: to be huge. Yeah. So then that's what I'm saying. If that first game the Lakers beat the Clippers, yeah. the Clippers are now six and a half games with seven games to play which you know, everybody would say is virtually impossible. And I would say at that point in time, Doc Rivers is going to go ahead into load management load for those two. I would, if I was, if yeah. I was on the Clippers. I, we'll would. See a
2: lot, I think we'll see a lot of the Bucks, the Lakers and the Clippers pouring it on the first half and then coasting the second half.
1: I wonder. I wonder if Vogel will ramp people up slowly. If he's like first seed, second seed, don't care. I want to be healthy and like in tune going into the playoffs. Because there's no, home, uh, there's yeah, home we're away. See
2: a lot of, We're going to see a lot of guys who didn't play in, in, including you know Auditor Humpko and, Humko and uh, Kaycock. We're going to see them play too.
1: I, they might get a good five minutes a game in there. I don't know about. I don't know about see them play. They, they the might they, get some minutes too. See I, you some
2: know. time. It's well, going the, to be it's going to be a weird. The seeding games are going to be
0: weird. I'm just going you to, to just tell you right now, guys, that I don't know if you'll see much of Atintakumpo, at least that Uh right. or you will see much of K. You may may see a little bit more K. because he is playing at, at a higher level than Atintakumpo, but and uh, is a more of a natural fit at the five. Yeah, exactly. But if the Lakers clinch early, you will see a lot more of Dion Waiters, Markeith Morris, mm-hmm. and J. R. Mm-hmm. Smith. So I want to ask you guys this before we go into the discussion as far as who might come out on top, surprises, eight seed, and all that on our on our back half hour. Before we head into that, I want to ask your thoughts on these three and which one of those guys needs to make the biggest impact. Jamie, I'll start with you.
1: I think that, honestly, the, the answers are probably more in-house. But of the three, I would say probably Waiters has the opportunity to make the highest impact, even though Morris can play as a stretch five, I think with having both Javale and Dwight healthy and on the roster, you'll you'll see Frank stick probably a little more than Tom wants, a little less small ball, a little more traditional. Not ignoring small ball, you'll still see eighty at the five, but if you can do eighty at the five, then why do you do Morris at the five? Like if you, you if you're gonna yeah. put out your best players, your most talented players, and JaVale and Dwight are far more talented on defense. Same goes for Caruso on defense over Waiters and Jr. Smith. And I think that that's, that's the identity the Lakers have worked on all year, more than their shooting or their scoring. The scoring and the shooting is kind of like LeBron, figure it out. A.D., you're the release valve. And if somebody gets hot, feed the hot hand. It, it isn't really much else than that. There's some pet lob plays that you'll see. There's that elbow uh, entry pass to the from the high post to the low post. Uh, there's the kind of elbow brush where the roll man either s- sticks or lets, lets the shooter pop or rolls to the hoop, and they throw that all over the floor. But there isn't a lot of, like,
2: Laker offense other than what's LeBron going to do. And I go back to the fact that when the Lakers were replacing uh, Troy Daniels, they brought two yeah. guys in that they looked at. One was J.R. Smith and the other was Deion Waiters. Right. And they decided Waiters yeah. were a better fit for what they needed at that point in time. And it was only until Avery decided that he he needed to stay home with his boy that they actually went out and got JR. So and, and the reasons are pretty simple as to why they, they chose waiters over J.R. Smith. One, he's he's not just a fill-in for this year. He could be a valuable piece going forward. He's only 28 and he's very talented. JR's 34 and at the end of the road. Uh secondly, he's a playmaker. He can issue three or four assists per game consistently and we need a guy who can do that and third he can get his own shot you know he's a guy that when 80's not on the floor LeBron's not on the floor you can give him the ball you can clear out the side it's going to beat his man to the basket he's a good three-point shooter he's got some size now all of this will be decided in the seeding games as to whether or not that can really come true he and Jr. both haven't played a long time so I think the easy favorite is going to be Morris, who, who has played well. Even though he hasn't shot well, he's only taken 22 threes in eight games. Morris is, is the sure guy to get the most minutes. The waiters behind him and JR, if he can get hot, give him the ball. And he's not hot. He's sort of like the guy, if you make your first shot, you're going to have a good game. If you miss your first shot, pull him and put him on the bench.
1: Is there a world where waiters could step into Bradley's starting spot
2: in anyone's mind? No, I think they stick with KCP. <laughs> KCP, I think you know, so KCP has played really, really well. and But better off
1: the bench. No, I mean, better as a starter. For the no, just, I think he's – For seven, him, better as a starter, but I think better.
2: for us, better off
0: the bench. Although 17-3, like, you can't argue with as a starter. I give
2: him credit for – I give great yeah. credit to, to KCP for – You know, I used to Things think like that the same team, thing, Jamie, game. that he's – that that he failed when he was on the bench and he was good as a starter in the previous seasons. Um, but the way that he's reacted this year when he didn't start all the time and then he, he started to fill in and, he, and then Avery came back and Avery came back to the starting position, took that over just yeah. as, as expected. But KCP actually played his best basketball the second half of the year there. And really the way he turned fans around to you know all of this KFC stuff that people were calling him and so forth, um, I don't have a doubt that he's the starter all the way through the playoffs. You know? and and early to... on
0: in the season, early on in the season, he was struggling, and a lot of people were right. perpetuating those bad vibes on him. But he has turned around. Yep. And I saw the stat on Spectrum Sportsnet yesterday that – the
2: best three-point shooter on the team.
0: 51% from the field, 43% from the three-point area, and 17-3 and when he's a starter. So yep. wow. this could be a good move for the Lakers. Can he play that consistent defense? That's still up for debate. And that's against some of the, the players. It, to me, it's all about matchups. The Lakers are going to have it an easier hard time, th- the depending on the matchups. I mean, if they get Houston, Houston can give them fits because they go small. Plus they have, uh, you know, obviously the backcourt that could give Lakers some issues there. Obviously, I still think the Lakers would go through and win it, but I, I think it's not, wouldn't be, I don't think it's going to be very easy but there are other teams like against to me against luca and dallas against uh oklahoma city even against the utah which has one member a key member uh, bogdanovich out already uh he's gone for the season because he had surgery that to me would be better matchups for the lakers at this point in time i think they would go ahead and have a lot easier vantage point and then if there somehow instead of the clippers get the the nuggets in the in the western conference finals or someone else or the clippers i think that would make it a lot easier for the lakers but then again i think it's going to be like everybody else is saying i think it's going to come out to a battle of la whether we like it or not
2: yep. probably i think we have two defenders who can handle giannis you have three. LeBron does a great job against three. him, and AD does a great job against him. I also and think JaVale McGee, Kawhi. JaVale McGee can give you five Kawhi.
0: good minutes on him as well. That's what I was saying. Because his size, and he's still athletic and quick enough, uh, and I've seen him actually go out into the three-point area and cover guards at times and make it yeah, difficult yeah. for them. I think he can give Giannis a, a little bit of an
2: issue as well. Right. The The only last thing I'd say about the matchups is, you know – we've always had this attitude all year long. It doesn't really matter who starts. Frank will play the hot man. He's going to stay with Mm a hot hand. Uh, And if you do the job and and he's going to match up against the other team and try to force matchups that give us an advantage. I think that's, uh, I think that's a strength. You know, all year long, I hear this stuff about how the Clippers are so much deeper. They're deeper at the wing, but they don't have the centers or the guards that we have the depth to do that. And, and we've got, you know, if we, if we can handle the guys on the wings against the Clippers the way that we have in the past, we're going to be in good stead. And I think we've got enough depth that we'll, we'll see different lineups against the different matchups that we're facing in each of the playoff rounds.
0: One thing I want to ask you guys real quick, and I'll start again with you, Jamie, on this is who do you think is going to sneak into that eighth playoff spot to most likely play the Lakers in the Western Conference?
1: I think Memphis is going to hold on to it. I think that Ja had hit a little bit of a rookie wall, and Zion kind of was able to come in fresh uh, and really. And and for as much as the Pelicans struggled early, Brandon Ingram really kind of established himself and kept that team uh, at maybe not I won't say above water, but just below the surface of the water, like you know, (laughs) trying to get above. (laughs) And when Zion came back, that was like that big push. And uh, very much unheralded when Drew Holiday got healthy. Uh, those are the two things that like got that team kind of fired from a cannon midseason, which is really what you want as a team going into the playoffs. Kind of you know galloping as opposed to scratching and clawing, as it felt like Memphis was going to have to do. That like they just played a huge season, um, you know expectations they probably weren't expecting start to filter into their locker room, into their their vibe, and this break I think is going to allow them to kind of and you know the fact that they're going to be a little more isolated. I think that that the, the, the Grizzlies are going to be able to hold on to that spot, uh, but it'll be close. It, I, if if I had to pick a team other than them, it would have to be the Pelicans. But I I think it's going to be, I think the Grizzlies are going to fight off all comers, even though their schedule's a little tougher.
2: Tom, yeah, I tend I tend to agree. Uh, I think the two factors are that that really are going to make a difference in my mind are number one, they have a three and a half game lead, <laughs> and they're only going to play eight games, man. So. But you only have to be within four. Yeah, that's true. But then they'll have two, they'll have have only have to win one against the other team having to win two. Second thing is I think that, I think John Moranta is going to play like he wants to cinch the Rookie of the Year award. He doesn't want any questions. He doesn't want any questions about Zion steaming up there in the last eight games and stealing that award from him. And uh, you know the media has done everything they can. In fact, is a big argument that the only reason we got 22 games in this playoff situation is just so that they get a chance for Zion Williamson to play in the playoffs. So I'm going with Memphis too.
0: I'm going to say this. Never count out Portland. Portland's no, healthy. They've got two big. Well, no, they, not a hundred percent healthy. I mean, cause Rodney Hood's still out and he's, he's out with Achilles, mm-hmm. but they've got their two big guys back. Yep, and Portland yep. He's, is he's he's good got, big guy. And Portland is very motivated at this point in time. And Damian Lillard, you've seen what he did against the Lakers earlier this season. I'm never going to make it. We'll sweep him. Well, he'll score fifty on us while he's while they're doing it too. He's he will gonna... sweep he, he murders us. Yes, yes. Well, I <laughs> tell you what. Right now, it's just so much great conversation so far. Once again, I'm talking to Jamie Sweet and Laker Tom from Lakerholics.net Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. One thing I want to ask you guys when it comes to a successful Lakers run, who needs to be the X factor? Tom, I want to ask you first, who do you think needs to be that X factor? I know you've written it before on Medium.com and your great columns there that you also transcribe to Lakerholics.net, but if there's one individual that you think needs to be X factor, who should it be?
2: Well, it's really tough because we have so many players that need to step up and and most likely we're going to see if we're successful and we win a championship, I think we're going to see a repeat of what it's been during a regular season, which is that it's not one guy. It's this guy for this series. It's another guy for that series. Another guy when we get into the finals and the you know, the Western Conference and so forth. But if I had to pick a player who I think could be – the one player that if he really breaks out, we're going to win the championship. I think it's got to be Kyle Kuzma. I think he's so underrated. He's been injured most of the year and he's 100% healthy now. Um, he's adjusted his jump shots so these, instead of having that hitch where he goes up and then shoots, he's doing it in one motion now.
0: His defense we haven't heard is anything about him
2: his dating habits and the and social media stuff and so forth. But if he's healthy and can go in there, and the way he finished the season, I really liked because he had in those two big games against the Clippers and the Bucks, he almost pulled off a double-double. He averaged nine points and nine rebounds. He didn't shoot well from deep, but that's the key with him. If he can hit, if he can hit those long shots and hit his three-point average up to 36% for the seeding games in the playoffs, the Lakers will win. And he's been Uh,
0: playing much better defense this year. We thought he was a joke defensively. I'm going to be honest with you, like a sieve where people just walking by him and scoring left to right. Well, I like the fact that Vogel has given him challenges like putting him on Westbrook, putting him on certain players that would be an issue and they still score. But now a lot of times they're, they're having a harder time to score. They're having a harder time. They're missing shots. and, that a lot of that is due to the hard defense that Kyle Kuzma is now playing and now showing people can play because he needs to in order to stay on the court, because as you've seen, as his defense is now rising, his offense just really hasn't come to fruition yet. But I think he is also the X factor because he can provide something different that, not a lot of the other Lakers that play regularly can provide that we've seen already. And you're right, Tom. If he can find some consistency like he did when he was first around on the Lakers playing in that summer league team and that first year with the Lakers, I'm hoping he can recapture that because if he can, the Lakers really should have a lot easier time on their hands. Jamie, uh, who would be your X factor?
1: Instantly have to agree with Kyle Kuzma. My My runner up, I think, would actually be Frank Vogel if he can get the matchup game right without his starting point guard, who led the focal was like the focal point of his defensive attack, along with incorporating three pretty reputation-wise bone mm-hmm. boneheaded NBA players on top of playing in the bubble on top of being the Lakers on top of what's happened to the Laker franchise this whole year from being in China when China hit to Kobe's helicopter, Kobe and Gigi going down, so, all of it. Like that's like, if that's not like coach
0: of the year, I really, I
1: don't, you got to get rid of the award. Like he doesn't positive. get
2: the respect he deserves. That's for sure. He's not going to win it, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: Cause he does, like you said, he doesn't get the respect right now. No. Nick nurse is, is, is probably the leading candidate because of how he's taken the team. How the record they have without Kawhi Uh, So a lot of people are really in his boat. And he's done a great job, no doubt. But Frank Vogel, like you said, steering this team with all these different personalities, with all these personalities that, as you have noted, Tom, on the show before, have worn out their welcome in other places. To me, I think that how he's brought it together, I think he doesn't get enough credit for it. And he does deserve an opportunity to become coach of the year. But I don't think that'll happen.
2: There's another unsung hero here, which is our ball boy, Rob Palenka, our ball boy, because he's the guy who's really made some great moves and brought in people. He's created an atmosphere where there is a consensus building all the time, where where the coach, the superstars, and the front office are all on the right page. It's why you can bring in a Dion Waiters, a Dwight Howard, and and a J.R. Smith. And nobody's really worried that they're going to be anything other than they may not perform the way that we want them to perform, but nobody's worried about them destroying the chemistry of the team or ruining the camaraderie that we've got going. And the final thing comes down to, if you're gonna go into, uh, Jamie's made a great point about this being an unprecedented challenge. Whoever wins this championship gets a gold star, not an asterisk. They get a gold star for having done it against odds that are much more insurmountable than any other season. To cap a three and a half month layoff, come in there, play it in a bubble, in the middle of a pandemic, without home court advantage, uh, you know. So it's gonna be LeBron and AD, What are the big advantages that we have over everybody else. Because both of those guys are hungry. And and this is the season when they're gonna prove it. Ron's gonna prove he's still the GOAT of this era. And AD is gonna prove that he's gonna be considered to be the GOAT going forward. And the Lakers are gonna leave the Celtics in the rearview mirror.
0: Now look at you, Lakers, <laughs> quoting uh, Doc Rivers, the gold star issue, but you're mm-hmm. right. When it comes to you know going all the way, I think all three of us can say in unison that we're thinking that the Lakers are gonna do it. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. That is by far my favorite because it's also character driven and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue to it. A game like Wolfenstein, which people are saying
2: are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years.
0: Catch our shows on radio worldwide seven days a week or at any time on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on over 30 more podcast outlets. Before we go ahead and plug your stuff, guys, on the Lakerholics.net site and also we close out the show I want to go ahead and hear your thoughts on who they might match up against. I'm still thinking it's going to be Milwaukee, although I think it's going to be a lot closer than than people think. I also think that I wouldn't be surprised if another team comes out of there. But, Jamie, I want to hear your thoughts on who the Lakers will match up. I know they're going to eventually defeat whoever they're going to match up against. I think that's what all of us <laughs> are predicting. But- uh, I
1: i don't like to make i like to one game at a time man one game okay, at a time Jeremy. okay one, one game at a time uh you know tom likes to tom likes to pro- project far into the future like what year at I'm, a time five years timeline time. that doesn't exist although i, I have to say here and now uh i didn't believe we would trade for 80 when we did i made a gentleman's bet with like or tom which he won uh because i was wrong so i'm not i i can admit it i'm, I'm not i'm not I'm, 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 a, I'm a man enough to know when i when i was mistaken I, I actually, to be absolutely honest, if 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 Philly is healthy, like truly healthy and stays healthy all the way, I think Philadelphia has as good a chance of coming out of the East as anyone. Um, I think there's nobody that can contend with Embiid, uh, and if they can, you know, if if they can stay healthy, all of them, the whole team, then I think they've got a great shot. Um,
0: they need they need to get their shooting. They don't have as much shooting as they did last year, so they need some type of shooting. Tobias Harris needs to perform yeah. at a level that's better than what he's done so far this season, but they do have a defensive wall. They're the only team that outside of the Lakers can throw continuous one, two, three big bodies at Giannis. They're the only other team I really think that, that can do that outside of the Lakers.
1: I think the Raptors are a problem for them in the East. I think Boston's a weird team this year. Like they've overperformed, but overperforming in the regular season doesn't necessarily, to me, equate
0: to playoff success. Tate I has think has to play at that level. He has to play at that level.
1: Oh, the whole from like for two for three months, like no drop-offs. Like if he plays, if he has a fourteen point six rebound game, that's a loss. Like especially in the playoffs, like it can't that won't fly. So he's going to get there, I, but maybe not yet. They're like, well, losing Horford was huge. Like I could see Howard ending up in Boston, actually Uh, Dwight ending up in Boston, because they're going to look out and see that there's as much as, you know, Houston wants to say like small ball forever. Like the league doesn't work like that. There's still guys who are seven feet. who have got skills who you have to contend with under the hoop. Uh, Are there as many as there were 15, 20 years ago? Certainly not. Uh, Do they also have the ability to shoot from the outside? Some do, but. At the end of the day, if you can score a basket from five feet or closer through a few passes and a nifty move, that's what's going to work in the playoffs more often than hopefully these three guys who shot the equivalent of 40% over the course of the regular season shoot 40% over the course of the playoffs or seven-game series. And those are all very different equations uh, that don't always bear out the way the storylines kind of hope they do.
2: Tom,
0: did you have any thoughts on who might come out of the
2: East? I think it's going to be the Bucks primarily because they're such a good defensive team. When you put Bledsoe in there and and you've got Giannis, you you've got you've got a great defensive team. They don't have as much shooting as they really need to surround Giannis, but there aren't many teams that have guys who can cover the guy and keep him from getting to the rim. The Lakers really probably have the two best Giannis stoppers in the league, in in LeBron and AD. So I I think that I think that's going to be uh, Milwaukee out of there. I think if we lose to anybody, it's probably the Clippers. I think that they're by far the second best team in the league, in my opinion. And the Bucs are really the third best team in the league.
0: There you go. There you have it. Jamie, you don't seem too uh, confident I, on that. I just,
1: I mean, I think the, the Bucks have the same problem that the Raptors are going to have. If, if they, or that the Celtics will have, is that if they encounter a, an elite, like if they had, if they had, well depending on how Jokic plays but like if they because it looks like the Clippers I don't know I, I, the seating game is is has to kind of take got to go through the seating game first and see who's matching up against who because it's still still a little too wide open to say like this team's going to match up with that team or will face that team before they face us.
2: The real level everybody's got forty or forty one wins in the middle they could switch around exactly from three to no, seven easily.
1: Right, these these short these short games are still going to determine a lot. So right. that's gonna be, that in and of itself is going to be exciting. But I think you know dominant centers, although are are not in fad, are still an unstoppable force. More so in the playoffs than in the regular season because there's more time between games. There's you know the defense that is coming Less at wrong. you.
2: Less training, more and
1: more confidence. So I, you know I feel like. If if but having said that, if George and Leonard are hot from the outside, it's kind of game over because or and Lou Williams, if you if those three guys are hitting it, then you know your your big center is going to have a lot of points to overcome because they're just going to be raining fire on you from all sides, and that's that's a difficult thing to stop as well. So it's going to be interesting. I see the Clippers as probably being, I mean, like many of the old Laker battles of the past, the, the true NBA finals might happen in the Western Conference Finals.
2: Yeah, I was disappointed that they didn't uh, decide to seed the teams 1-16 to 16 while they were in the bubble because you don't have the travel issues that have always prevented them from doing that in the past. I like that but there's course, That would have meant an advantage to the Lakers, so there's no way that the league would have approved that.
0: Well, there are variables, like you said, that either which way benefit and detract from what the Lakers are going to be doing. But overall, I, I think that the Lakers – with ad and lebron just too hard of a matchup to for any other team to deal with i think that as long as they stay healthy and they stay productive and motivated like lebron is
1: motivation is his middle name
0: that is true that is true once again i'm Jesus. talking to jamie sweet and also laker tom from lakerholics.net but before we head on out guys we have just a few minutes left so i want to hear from you guys what you're working on at lakerholics.net laker tom i'll start it with you my friend I know you got always something on the back burner when it comes to Lakerholics.net and your web pages and your stories there and your articles that you have there. So tell me what's going on with you at Lakerholics. Well, I think
2: the topic that's, that, that's really caught my interest right now. And, and I'm probably not even going to write about it simply because I never get the results when I write about subjects involving financing and the future of the league and, and the bubble and stuff like that, uh, that I do when I put up a trade request or uh, story about a particular player and so forth. There was a great article in, in, uh, that came out today uh, by Brian Windhorst and uh, Tim Botamps about the challenges facing the league moving forward. October 18th is supposed to be free agency start. So by the end of September, they have to resolve two major issues. The first being, how are players going to get played? What's the salary cap going to be? And you've got teams like like the Golden State Warriors that are looking at $140 million salaries. And they benefited from a $25 million jump in the salary a couple of years ago to be able to get a, you know, to, to keep that lineup together and add Kevin Durant. And now almost everybody is gonna say that they're gonna smooth out the salary cap over the next three years to hide the effects and impacts of the financial chaos that caused by coronavirus which is going to, again, give the lawyers another big break. So anyway, there's, there's a big challenge there. There's a big challenge there in figuring out exactly what we're going to do between the players and the owners. You've got $8.4 million to $1 billion in revenue, and you're going to lose three and a half of that. It's going to leave you with $5 billion in revenue. The players are supposed to get half, $2.5 There are $4 million in guaranteed contracts next year. So that's going to be quite a challenge to figure out what to do. Then the next challenge you have right after that is profit sharing. The big market teams all of a sudden that are all contributing all this money from all of their sales and stands, the Lakers, the Celtics, and all of the teams that are contributing to the salary, to the profit sharing, aren't going to have that profits to share. And you may see some teams like Charlotte being able to actually put fans in the stand. Some of the small market teams that aren't in the same situation, maybe that California is and Chicago is and so forth. So it's going to throw this whole thing topsy-turvy. And what we're going to see there is is some owners who might be able to make, have less loss by not having a season than by actually having playing through the season. So there's a lot of questions to be answered. Can the league continue to be the league that leads in, having players and owners working together in the same direction, or are they gonna turn into the Major League Baseball where these guys are almost ready to have a fist fight when they have a players owners meeting, you know? Gonna be a real challenge and, and it'll be, you know, Adam Silver can really cement his position as one of the greatest commissioners of professional sports team and how he works this out. Same with Michelle Roberts, who is the attorney that represents the Players Association. You've got two very smart executives in charge of the of the two sides that are going to be making these decisions, and I think it's something that uh, every player and every NBA fan is going to have to keep a close eye on it because we're talking about the future of the sport that we all love.
0: Jamie, uh, what are you working on, or did you have something you wanted to go ahead? I know I noticed during our conversation there what Laker Tom was saying you had some kind of. Uh, well, I mean,
1: I don't think there will, I think there will be some sort of season next year. And to the idea that there will be fans in the stadium, I was, think, I was just kind of thinking, like, I wonder if they put, like, like you know, like you get your seat, but they have the, uh, the hockey plexiglass up around the basketball court so that, like, you know,
2: there's. Or around yeah. your seat, maybe. Huh? Bubble, mini bubbles. Everybody oh, has their own bubble. That's way too. Uh, yeah, mini bubbles. <laughs> We're all going to be like, wait. Well, it's, 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 I uh, would the say the hockey, hockey, hockey deal, the hockey deal <laughs> oh, would, it would be, for would be perfect. Or you could sell a third of the seats probably and have have social distancing. Whatever it looks like, whatever it looks
1: like. I could, I could see, you know, like the Orlando, the Miamis, the Charlottes, the Hawks, probably letting fans into the arena for the season next year. And the Golden State Warriors for their incredible new arena, I bet it will be empty for all of whatever the season looks like. Same with the Staples Center. And Sacramento's probably always half empty, so it'll be
2: like always. <laughs> That's an advantage, but, you know. That some teams have an advantage because they're they're used to playing in empty stadiums.
1: Right. So uh, everybody's got to be empty. So it's even playing field for once. No, no, well, I, can't. I can't. What
2: it's like to play in Sacramento? That's or, the greatest no. organization,
1: beyond high steam. No, but I, I think that there will be a uh, I think that like I what we've seen during the ramp up to the, the the bubble is unprecedented agreement between a players union and ownership. With the NBA kind of finding like a, a sticking out a very neutral middle ground, and I think that's one of one of the great things about Adam Silver that like Rob Manfred hasn't learned yet, which is yeah. to cow to one side or the other is not the designation of your job. You need to bring the two sides together. You need a win-win so,
2: win situation.
1: Well, or so that it happens in a way that like feels organic, as opposed to what baseball has become, which is basically like well, come back to work, season starting. It doesn't have an organic feel. And even though there's like been issues raised and they're valid issues, and even though there are multiple concerns and they're all multiple concern, uh valid concerns, I should say, I still think the way the NBA has gone about it is the best possible way that could be in, given the circumstances of our reality.
2: Well said, now, I agree.
1: For the cap, I can't tell you. I think it's going to depend on how the playoffs do if all of basketball is like the most watched it's ever been because planet earth is so bored that could be something that starts to i mean nothing's gonna make up the four billion dollars that we're gonna lose from the china and the stoppage in play it's not the lack of gate revenue that will not that gap will not be closed but if it can be shrunk to a point where they can envision a way going forward that They can approximate or come close to a way to build off of that in the hopes that within a year or so, there's a vaccine or within several years, there's the the planet has adjusted uh, to the COVID virus in a natural way. However, that process unfolds on that front, I think that these playoffs and this little shortened season is going to really kind of inform the NBA on what it's going to look like going forward. And is that the Lakers play at Staples Center or is there like a West Coast, East Coast series of hubs or bubbles that the players play in that are more controlled than an arena? But I, I, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very, very interesting because the travel aspect is, I think the part that everybody's most, most uh, wants to avoid the most because flying in a plane is a very good way for it. You know, it sh- should somebody have it for it to spread. So I think that's sort of the, those are the factors that I think are going to inform us a lot. And I think that the players union is is going to probably insist on the 50-50 BRI split, but will be more willing to talk about things like putting salaries in an escrow or increasing the size of the escrow so that the payments can unfold in a more organized manner. I hope that they don't do the cap smoothing because like, not just because it benefits the Warriors, but, but I feel like it, 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 Kind of torpedoes a lot of the small market teams too because they're forced to like run a business without, as you mentioned earlier, Gerald, frivolous expenses, right? Like they have to watch their bottom line more than like the Lakers or even the Knicks who haven't had a successful team in a decade and they don't you know, throw the team out there, woo, you know, they don't, there's no concern, it seems like, for the bottom line in the Knicks franchise because it's the Knicks. But the Charlotte Hornets can't function like that. So I, I kind of hope the cap, cap smoothing idea doesn't go through because it, it punishes the people who ran their business the best.
2: In the long run, what's going to save the NBA is the equity that they've got in the valuation of the teams. That's what, yeah. will allow, that's what will allow the league to put together a financial program to help the teams that don't have the revenue, to bridge the gap so that they can keep paying the players what they're going to be knowing that they're going to get this money back, knowing that they have the equity in the valuation of the teams that they can bet and play the long game. Um, and yeah. that's something that that the league players association and the owners have always done. And I think that, that that's going to be the solution in some way. I think there is going to be cap smoothing, probably for three years, you know, and I, I mean, wish it, I mean, I wish I it I... wouldn't happen. And, and in a ways it's probably okay for the Lakers too, because, it still keeps alive that hope that you know that LeBron will take less than a max, and will I have money to, to offer Giannis to join us or to go out in in my opinion, get a third guard? We need a guard as a third superstar, as opposed to uh, another four. LeBron folder. ain't
1: taking less than. That. LeBron's not taking.
0: That. I'll take Giannis. Dude goes into I'll a
1: say. hyperbolic chamber to sleep.
0: <laughs> He's
2: not taking. That.
0: Well, if you want to hear great conversations like these, actually, if you he want to in Miami. Well, if you want to Not read,
2: much less, but a little less. Let you know, finish. Let you know, plug this thing.
0: Well, if you want to read great conversations like these, the back and forth that Jamie and Laker Tom have like this, in a written form, each and every day, along with so many other great individuals that are there, you can just check out what I'm showing off today on our Facebook Live feed at LakerHolics.net. Be part of the conversation today. You see it right here, right on the screen. If you're watching LakerHolics.net. They're great articles, great information. They always try to keep it family-friendly. They always try to keep it within perspective. They respect everybody's opinion that's there. And if you're a Lakers fan, there's no better place to go than Lakerholics.net. Well, guys, Jamie Sweet, Laker Tom, it's been great having you on the program again. I want to do this again as we go forward, as we continue. I know, Laker Tom, I'm going to see you. But, Jamie, you're most welcome back at any point in time you can make it. With or without Laker Tom, especially when he goes on these, oh, you know, especially when he goes on these crazy trades, especially when he goes on these crazy trades, it's not, uh, like you said, Jamie. Somebody,
1: somebody needs to give Tom a trade machine for Christmas so he can just go into another room and just let it, just let it run, and like it'll be like uh, Gomez Adams with the ticker tape coming out, you know, like oh, this trade was successful.
2: <laughs> I can't wait for the results of the seeding games in the playoffs so that I'll have all this fresh ammunition to generate mm. ideas about who to trade and who to trade for. I like your Oadipo idea the best. Oadipo, I think the is the Oladipo most- idea is something that is feasible because of because of the injury situation and the but fact
1: not that- with, But not with Caruso. First rounder, no Caruso's. Caruso's gotta stay. He's the next David Bradley, but different.
2: Well, that's, that is definitely something right Caruso's there. Caruso's to- one of the guys, it's one of the few guys in the league who can be both underrated and overrated.
0: When you read this conversation, at LakerHolics.net, Crazy Tom, and like I told you before, Jamie Sweet, the glass is with Tom always, half full,
1: more than oh, half. Way, way, I'm way more than half full. It's <laughs> it's a cup never over over overfloweth.
0: Yes, overflowing with positivity and optimism that's indeed. Right.
2: Once again, Which I, appreciate. I appreciate. That's what I. If you're a Laker fan, that's what you got to be used to. You well, it's been a little bit of a drought the last six six years we're starting to turn things around right now
0: yes we are and hopefully we are going to go ahead and start our way into a great playoff run and a championship for the lakers it all starts right here in the bubble we're looking forward to it jamie sweet i'm going to have you back on the show hopefully real soon whenever you're able to make it back on laker tom i know you're coming back here always From Lakerholics.net, the guys right here, we truly appreciate it. Once again, for us, five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions, at Lakers Fast Break, at Laker Tom, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. Jamie, any way to get a hold of you? Just find me on the blog. That's the best way. Guys, it's been great having you a part, once again, of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Thank you,
1: Gerald.